0: in non-essentials, liberty, in all things, charity. Now, here's Dean.
1: Thank you, Rachel, and welcome back as you join us for another edition of In All Things, a podcast that initially starts as something for the Evangelical Presbyterian Church, the EPC, but we hope as time goes along, we'll expand beyond that and become a gift and a tool for any follower of Christ, regardless of their denomination. But Uh, If you've been with us uh, since we launched a couple of months ago, we have been stressing leadership in the EPC, so as a way of helping you to get to know those who are here and called to serve the church. And uh, sometimes that's been members of our national leadership team, or it's been members of committees that serve the church, but probably the majority of our focus early on has been in introducing you to some of the staff who have been called to serve. And You know, we tend to think that when our staff is serving in the office of the General Assembly, that their role and responsibility is just inside this office or serving the General Assembly meeting itself, which is true. But it actually extends well beyond that. And we've introduced you to several of our staff people whose calling here at the office of the General Assembly actually facilitates a ministry to the presbyteries and our local churches. So, for example, Brian Smith, as our communications director and, and leader in digital strategies, is a terrific resource for people in our churches who may be thinking about how to communicate well around their church's mission, vision, and values, that kind of thing. So today we're going to be joined by Marty Radcliffe. She wears a number of hats in the EPC, and she's going to tell you a little bit about that in a few moments. But principally, the thing we hope to drill down on today is her role as our human Resources Coordinator. And she does that for our staff, but she's also got terrific experience under her belt and is available to help as a resource to our churches as well. But before we get to Marty, I just want to give a bit of a shout out for our upcoming General Assembly this year. As many of you probably know, our GA is going to be at Ward Church in Northville, Michigan, which is a suburb of Detroit. It's a great place to be at that time of year. Lots of things to do. One of those places where You might want to um, bring family members and package in a couple of extra days to do some trips, as the uh, tourism industry in Michigan calls it, pure Michigan. It's really beautiful in June, and uh, that would be a lovely time to do that. But we're going to be at Ward Church from June 21st to the 24th. And our theme this year is based on Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 You will receive power. And of course, we've seen uh, this great sort of resurgence in Detroit, a great renaissance, if you will. And we hope that that is a backdrop in which we could look at this next segment of the EPC's life and calling as a, a kind of additional resurgence or, or reformation or revival, uh, if you will. Um, we, we've finished our first 40 years. It's a formative shaping time. And here we now find ourselves in this new environment for the next 40 years and God is calling us into this place of promise that he has for us. But to do that, to to be his witnesses, which is foundational to being the EPC, we will need the power of the Holy Spirit to do that. And anybody who's ever traveled to a General Assembly knows whether it's the Leadership Institute or whether it's the Assembly itself with its worship services and focus on global missions and so forth. It is an empowering time. I cannot encourage enough our elders, deacons, members of our congregations from all around the country to consider being a part of our General Assembly that is going to be June 21st to 24th at Ward EPC. Okay, enough of the commercial. Let's dig down deep and introduce our guest for today. Uh, She comes right across the hall, so she had a long commute, but uh, Marty Radcliffe has been with the EPC for five years now, Marty, is that right? Okay, and she has served in a number of capacities, and some of you would maybe have recognized if you've worked closely with the office as Marty Brenner, who was Jeff Jeremiah's executive assistant for all those years. And uh, Marty has gotten married and started another chapter for life, not just personally, but with the EPC, which means she has taken on a role and responsibility still coordinating the events of the General Assembly. Maybe we'll talk about that briefly, but also uh, really importantly for us, this role as human resources manager. So Marty, first of all, Let's do a little bit of an introduction. Tell us about yourself. I know I've already done a little bit of that, but particularly focus on, in the five years you've been with us, the things that the Lord is, is, has had you do in the new role that you find yourself in.
2: Thank you, Dean. I came to work here at the office of the General Assembly in 2016, and it was when the offices were moved from Michigan to Florida. I came in as Jeff Jeremiah's executive assistant. Very quickly, I also became Phil Van Valkenburg's assistant. I worked mostly with Phil very closely with General Assembly, and then when he retired, that's when I became the the core team leader for General Assembly. So
1: you say core team. What what's comprised of the core team? Who was involved in that?
2: It's. The people here at the office who do most of the behind the scenes work for General Assembly. So it would be the stated clerk, assistant, stated clerk, director of communications, myself, and then admins.
1: Okay. So all of that stuff that goes on behind the scenes that perhaps people take for granted because when they get to a general assembly, they just know that it's good and they just know that it works. But in order for it to be good and for it to work, man, there's a lot of heavy lifting that goes in. And Really, it goes in well before. I mean, we're already thinking about General Assembly for not just this year, but the following year, and you're already doing right. stuff. So right. So that's one big part of your job. Uh, you're that behind-the-scenes person that if a General Assembly logistically works well, and it always has, it's because you have done your job so well, which you always do. But you've now added this new component of human resources. So you have some background in HR, right? Yes, I do. So tell us a little bit about that.
2: I was a human resources director for many years, about 15 years back in my pre-children days. Once my kids were born, I became a stay-at-home mom, but I still kept kind of kept my fingers in dabbling with human resources in part-time jobs over the years, mostly in payroll, benefits, and that sort of thing. And so when I came into to this position, Uh, It was very exciting to me because one of the things I did when I was an HR manager, I was very good at taking something that wasn't there and creating a department. And that's pretty much what I'm doing here.
1: That's exactly what you've done for us. (laughs) I discovered that in my onboarding experience coming in as the new stated clerk. It was like there wasn't a, a coordinated approach to how anything from your health insurance to orientation to all the different, technology things to the job description itself I mean so you have taken something that wasn't there and you've helped it to be there right now that's actually something and we're going to get to this in a little bit but that's something that could be a great service to a lot of our churches some of our larger churches have similar position and you might collaborate with them and share ideas and best practices but there's a lot of people who might be listening into this who have maybe a personnel committee in their church made up of a couple volunteers and maybe they do or maybe they don't have any background in HR and they do their best to help, but they could really use a lot of guidance. So we're going to come back to how you can help those churches in just a few minutes. But before we do that, why don't you give us a little more detail about what the HR coordinator for the office of the General Assembly actually does. Give, give us some detailed things of the things that you do. You mentioned payroll before, but could you go through just some of the things that that help serve our staff so our staff can do their jobs well?
2: Sure. Probably to the employees, the most important role that I have is payroll, and that takes up the majority of my time because in my position, I'm not just doing the human resources work for the EPC people who work here at the General Assembly, and that's about 20 people, but I also do the payroll for the World Outreach the global workers. And, and that gets
1: really complex, does yes, it? Yes,
2: and it can be very complex. We have people that are living and working all across the country and the world. So to, having to keep up with the payroll laws and rules and regulations that dictate how they get paid. Right. And there's about 40 That's um, people on that payroll. Yeah. So altogether, I'm doing payroll for about 60 people.
1: And all of these different complex backgrounds.
2: Yes, yeah. yes. The next thing that I do is benefits. Okay. So I am the liaison between BRI and the employees. So
1: BRI is Benefits Resources, Inc. That's our benefits program, and you're the liaison right. between that and our staff.
2: Right. So if a staff person has, if they're going to change their enrollment For instance, we have someone who just had a baby recently. They need to add their baby onto their insurance plan. I'm the one who takes care of that for them.
1: And you love it when that happens.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. Right.
1: And just as you do with the General Assembly, you know, we kind of take those things for granted because they're behind the scenes. So when they work, nobody maybe even notices. When they don't work, we tend to notice. Right, but you you managed to make those things work, so which we're very grateful. So you've got payroll and you've got benefits, Benefits. any other things?
2: And with also with benefits, I'm I'm trying to um, I'm learning all of the different things that are available to everyone here, Mm -hmm. and so that I can answer questions. That has been something that hasn't really been present in the past.
1: Yeah, that's an example of you creating something where there wasn't something before. Yes,
2: yes. So then the next part of of my position would be helping with new hires, onboarding, our employee handbook. Uh, we did a big restructure of the employee handbook last year, and everything that that would entail. Any questions? Anytime there's something to do with staff that maybe a manager needs help with one of their employees, I would be the per- hopefully be the resource to to help them.
1: Well, and those are all uh, essential things. And I think, again, one of the things I appreciate about you, Marty, is that you see those tasks, which are complicated uh, and detailed and require a lot of attention to detail. But you understand those tasks as part of our mission, which is helping serve our people. So in other words, when someone has a baby and the coverage is there, and it makes life a little easier for them because we all know when you add a little one into the household like that you need that help. So whether it's taking time off or learning how to use our online portal or learning how to do those kind of things that actually serves our people who serve the church and that in and of itself is a ministry, right? Yes. Yeah. Amen. So let's let's look at those three areas that you just discussed a second ago. You, I think you payroll was the big one, benefits Was another one? And what was the third one you mentioned again?
2: Employee relations. There you
1: go. So, those three things, if I'm a elder in a church listening in and maybe I'm sitting on a personnel committee or I want to refer this podcast to somebody on a church's personnel committee, how might you help a local church as a a resource, as an expert in those three years? Because you you don't just have six months of experience, you have (laughs) over 15 years of experience. That's the thing that I loved in discovering that you were this (laughs) hidden gem in our office (laughs) and we needed this and you had this gift set. So it was such a wonderful kind of serendipity uh, that you were already here, you're known and trusted and that you had the skill set. And it's been such a blessing to me and my family and to all of us. How could that be a blessing to our congregations? If a church is listening in, for example, helping them think through payroll or helping them think through benefits or employee relations, how could you help resource those churches?
2: Well, one of the things that has happened over the course of time that I've been here, churches will, every now and then a church will send an email or call in and they'll be asking about employee handbook or a a specific policy. In fact, last week I had someone who was asking about leave of absence for someone who would be out on maternity leave. Okay. And... I think in the past, what we would do is just tell them, well, why don't you call a church in your presbytery that's a bigger church than you? Maybe they have a policy. Maybe they have something that they do that would help you. But I think in my role, I don't have to push that off to someone else. I can take care of that myself because I can give them the resources that we use here in the office. And then I can specifically answer any questions that they might have and help them walk through creating a policy of their own.
1: I'd like to tell people sometimes, think of the General Assembly as that. Now, I don't know that we have phones with those buttons anymore where you press that extension and it automatically goes to that office. But if you press the General Assembly extension on your phone, your church may not have an HR person, but we do. Your church may not have a communications director. We do. Your church may not have a, a paid director of global missions. We do. We've got these people that if you just press that button, you're going to get a live human being to help you with a policy like absence or leave for having a child or something like that. That's very practical. Now, if that local church has got those resources and you've got that relationship, that's terrific. But you have a broader view where I think you're going to be able to resource any congregation that calls you big or small. In terms of so, what's the best practice right now around the issue of retirement or something like that? Exactly, that's a huge gift to our churches. So, this is by way of saying to anyone listening in: if if you have a church that is looking in any of those areas, Marty is here to serve you in that capacity, and we're we're grateful for that. Any other questions that you're getting from churches right now? Any kind of hot topic items that people are wrestling with? I know a year ago people were wrestling with PPP and. You know, whether they should or shouldn't do that. That was a complex thing, which is a, a little bit in our rearview mirror now. But is there anything now that you think either you're hearing from churches that are calling you or that you think that they should be aware of as they consider uh, any kind of personnel related issues going forward in the new year?
2: Well, right now, obviously, COVID is, yeah. a, is a huge issue still. And a lot of questions around remote worker policies. Just in general, letting people have time off. If they've been exposed, how do all those things work? How do we work the policies between what the CDC is recommending and how we're doing things here in the office?
1: Just to put a a pause button there for a second, do you have any counsel, maybe not particulars, but general counsel to congregations as they're wrestling with these things?
2: Well, I think just from an HR perspective in general, I would always recommend to people. First and foremost, we are remembering that we're a church group and that we are Christians, so we want to follow biblical principles. Sometimes that may get lost in the shuffle when you're doing specific HR tasks that are based on rules and regulations. So we never want to forget that we are the human part of human relations and how that plays back to our biblical calling.
1: Thank you so much for saying that. I couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, it really is if we see our staff and the people we're serving as the imago Dei, the image of God, and we're trying to ask the questions that how can we serve them? Then the rules are designed to help them, not to hurt them. It's the rules aren't the point. Right. The people are the point.
2: Right. Exactly. And so,
1: well, are there any other trends that you see coming up? I mean, COVID is a big one obviously and remote worker policy stuff so people could call you and say what is the Current thinking or best practices on that. Uh, For those of you who don't know, our office at the General Assembly is currently on what we would call a three-two. That is to say, we encourage our staff to be in three days a week. They could be in all five. Some some are. Most of us work in the office three days a week and home two days a week. But you know we're flexible. We change those things up depending on what's going on. Marty, you even sent out an email today to our staff to remind them of COVID protocols because there's been a spike. In COVID here in Florida. So, are there any other best practices in this new environment that you would think of or recommend?
2: One of the things that I have been learning uh, in this role and thinking about how I would be a help to the churches is that one thing that is neglected, I think, in churches, they are thinking of human resources as far as just their staff, their paid staff. Hmm. But in a church environment, We have a lot of volunteers Hmm. who also should be considered as part of the human resources. Hmm. Those people are doing work in your church. Actually, when I worked for a PCA church many years ago, I was part of the worship team and I worked with the children's ministry and a lot of different things and could have benefited from an HR practice around that from training, communications, all those different things.
1: So an example of that might be like a child protection policy. Yes. Right? So your volunteers should be part of and submitted to a child protection policy, or it actually makes your, not only, I mean, first of all, it's to protect our kids, right? But second of all, it it helps mitigate against any potential litigation where a church could come under charges for not having provided the effective oversight that they should have in protection of the child.
2: Right. Exactly.
1: But that goes beyond that. It goes to to training. I hear you saying.
2: Yes. Well, first, even before the training is selecting the right people to mm. do the right job. Mm. And even with your volunteers, you want to make sure that people have the proper gifting for doing the job that they're wanting to do, or they're being selected to do. And then once a person is in the position, training is just key. It's so critical to make sure that the job gets done right and that everything's being done to the glory of God.
1: You know, a lot of our churches, especially our middle-sized to smaller churches, and with the COVID and the dust not settled, and we're not really sure who all's left in the pews because there's, there's this great migration, some are calling it, where they're moving around and we don't even know where they are. Volunteers and getting volunteers is going to be a real challenge going forward. And so some of our churches may be only thinking about filling slots, like we need to get people. But you're saying in addition to thinking about getting people to fill slots, you'd better be thinking about the kind of people and the training you're giving to those people and the protection afforded to those people and the way in which you care for those. How does a church care for its volunteers so that they feel valued? That's a, a, a whole different dynamic in thinking about volunteers. So again, if you're a church listening in and you want to have that dialogue with someone who's got some background and experience, that's why one of the reasons why Marty is here. She could talk to you about how to do those things for your staff, how to do those things for your volunteers. Those are great insights. But any other closing thoughts, Marty, before we wrap this thing up? I mean, this has been really fruitful time. And I think of our congregations that don't have the benefit of an HR director, if they listen in today they'll really come away with some helpful direction and ideas. But do you have any other closing thoughts or things that you wanted to share before we wrap up?
2: I think the only other thing that I would say is that um, in a church, it's important as it is in a a regular working environment to maintain a balance between work and your personal life. Mm. And I think a lot of times, and I know this from personal experience, that it can all blend together when you are working in a church. But we still have to, from the human resources standpoint, make sure that that we're recognizing that these people do have a life outside of the church and their work.
1: That's a great takeaway. I will say in coming into an existing established culture, I have talked with each of my direct reports about shutting their computers off at certain points in times. And establishing some things like if it's an emergency, text me. Just don't email me at eight, nine, ten o'clock at night, which we all tend to do. But, you know, sometimes you have to, sometimes there's an emergency. But those should be the exceptions to the rules. And how do you have a healthy set of boundaries? How does your work and your life integrate in a way that is giving you that sense of health and wholeness and what the Bible calls shalom? And that's a human resource question. Thank, Thank you for you. helping us think that through. So, if uh, today has been helpful to you, I hope that you'd share this podcast with others, uh, particularly if you're in a church that doesn't have an HR director and you want to get that word out. Please let your pastor or your friends know that this is a resource that can be available to them, particularly for those who are part of the EPC. We want to make sure that they know that Marty is here, not just to serve as the General Assembly liaison, which she does, but to serve as the HR person for the office of the General Assembly, which she does, but to act as a resource for you in serving our congregations and presbyteries in the EPC. So, Marty, thank you for being with us today. Thank you. So, let me close with this reminder, my friends. You know, the good word, the benedictus, which is always God's word for this podcast, comes from Colossians chapter 1. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for in him all things were created. All things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, thrones, powers, rulers, and authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together, for he is the head of the body, the church. On behalf of our uh, national leadership team and our staff here at the office of the General Assembly, thank you for joining us today on another edition of In All Things.
0: Thank you again for joining us. On behalf of Dean and the entire team, we hope you will join us for our next episode of In All Things. For more information about the Evangelical Presbyterian Church, including a directory of local churches, online resources, and much more. Visit our website at www.epc.org. I'm Rachel Joseph. I pray you have an overwhelming sense of God's presence in all things today.